What I think is probably even better. I think so too. So it's going to be a good time. It's at Philomoke. It's part of the Philadelphia Film Festival this this year, second year with the festival, yes. which is kind of neat. Super excited. And we did uh, uh, monster movies for last year's festival. Yeah, we're doing wow. stoner movies for this year's festival. It's going to uh, be wild. And if you were with us uh, for the last show, and you're like, "Hey, you just did a stoner movie show," fear not. Uh, totally new. We actually dropped like half the games out of that yeah. show. Uh, so we have all this new stuff. Uh, you know, some stuff that you didn't get to see last time. A bunch of new stuff we wrote this time. Some things that are going to be kind of out of left field. You're not going to expect some of the 420 madness. We tweaked the idea yeah. of 420. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be fun. Definitely be cool. come out. It'll yeah. be very cool. And so we are actually, uh, in uh, in honor of the, the general hubbub in the world, oh, yeah. it is revolving around I Batman guess that's the easiest way to say v it. Superman, which I found is the official title, <laughs> Batman v Superman, yeah. Dawn of Justice. Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about that. We're actually going to come back and do that for the next episode. You're going to get that episode in a week. We're going to give everyone a chance to see it. Yep. So uh, we are going to talk about my personal favorite Batman movie. Yes, sir. And definitely an interesting movie in and of itself, uh, Batman Returns. Yes. I'm super excited about this because I uh, just rewatched Tim Burton's Batman, mm-hmm. uh, the 80, what, 9 movie? 89. 89, I think. Uh, and um, uh, I hadn't seen that since I was a kid. And I loved it, uh, and and the, so I wrote. You know, you can find me on Letterboxd at Philadelphia there, and I um, I wrote a four star review of Tim Burton's Batman, uh, where I talk about how it is a mess of a movie. It's amazing it cut together into something that makes sense at all. Uh, it's kind of a bad Batman movie. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Uh, it's kind it, of a bad. Exactly the same runtime as Batman Returns. It's Seriously? Very weird. Yeah. It's it literally weird. on the nose. Two hours, like six minutes, whatever. Yeah. Derail, yeah. That's crazy. That's fine. Uh, you know, it's it. Batman kills people in it. He reveals his secret identity to a woman he's barely known for. You know. Three weeks, maybe. Uh, there, he wears blue jeans in the Batcave. There's all these like bad <laughs> Batman things. Those sh- are Batman's rules. He doesn't kill people. Yep. And he doesn't wear blue jeans in That's the right. Batcave. That's right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't take shit from Alfred. Yeah. It's no matter how or hard women Alfred wants to one. set him up. No, uh, not at all. Which, will, which is a nice setup for this one. But So I rewatched that, and I was like, man, it has all these things that uh, I could say are problematic, right? It's like not my version of Batman. It, it, it it's, uh, it's messy as a movie. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I loved it. It's, <laughs> it's it's just great. It's unique. Yeah, it's really... But it's like... I don't I don't even know how to describe what is so good about it as much as it's just so fucking entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's really entertaining. Jack Nicholson is awesome to watch. Michael Keaton is not my favorite version of Batman or Bruce Wayne, but is like a super entertaining character, regardless of whether he's playing that character in a way that I like. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's... Uh, and I kind of like the idea. We talked about this with uh, as we were watching Batman Returns tonight. I kind of like the idea that it's like, what am I trying to say? That it, that it that it is like a 
Batman doesn't have to take place in this real world that we have been doing him in mm-hmm. over the last decade. He could be I in a lot of movies. different kinds of worlds, mm-hmm. and this is one of them. And you had a lot of great points about why this world might even make more sense for a man in a bat costume. But it's also a reason why Batman's fundamentally different, because yes. in both that movie and in Batman Returns, the world is so crazy that it would totally cater to a Batman existing, because it's, it's very heightened. Right. And everybody, uh, at least when, when this world is good, and it really comes to fruition in Batman Returns, which has this awesome supporting cast, and uh, they commit to it. A thousand five hundred percent. Everybody is, yeah. And, they go, and the one person who's not so serious is Batman. Uh-huh. He's kind of just like, huh. Yeah. This is a crazy world. I'm gonna fight a little crime in it from my cave. Yeah. You know, it's but and he has this this attitude that is uh not really congruent with any iteration of oh, Batman. Right. It's like he's like a sassy Batman. Yeah, he's he's a little <laughs> bit he's got that nineties sass. Yeah. He's early days GQ. But but he's like He's, Batman now is always the most intense person. Oh, yeah. And they do kind of explore in the newer Batmans, like, what creates this crazy sure. man who dresses up as a bat. Mm-hmm. But in this one, the dressing up as a bat is like, well, that's just, of course that happens. Yeah, they don't even really explain that in mm-hmm. this series. Uh, I don't, in, in all, really. He just, mm-hmm. that's a decision he has made at some point, And we just watch him in that choice. Mm-hmm. We, like, we see his, you know, we see his origin, his parents dying. Uh, in the first one, but I don't think they ever really do like a scene that explains like, well, this is why this man has decided to put a well, costume one of, on and be like I a think bat. Two Batman movies that don't have his origin in it, right? Uh, three, I guess. Dark Knight Rises doesn't have his origin. I think Dark right. Knight doesn't, and Batman Returns doesn't. Right? There's no origin. None right. of that cave stuff. Yeah, they do end up repeating it in Forever and and Robin, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in Batman Forever, they definitely do it because Val Kilmer talks about the well after he goes to the oh, Far- yeah, Farkas. Right. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, they all do it. I can attest Batman versus Batman <clears throat> Batman v Superman. <laughs> uh he they it opens with the Batman right. origins. Yeah. Literally the first yep. thing. So of course. it's like yeah. you kind of got to have it. Yeah. But I also it's the easiest origin to tell. I mean, it's, it's like you can tell it in one scene. doesn't want to take yeah. a stab at like, "Oh, I want to show my tweak on yeah. the Batman story." And I guess since Tim Burton already did it, we don't need it in Batman Returns. Right, of course not. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Uh I just think it's it's uh I don't know. That's that's you. You make a very interesting point that like it, uh, because he exists in this world that's so heightened and weird and full of these weird, crazy characters, he actually is not that strange. No, he's a normal uh, guy. Yeah, uh, I can relate to him. Simple, but simply because he's just like a, a nice, regular guy. He's, he's almost, normal. He's almost exactly. He's almost weird in this world because he's normal. Yeah. It, like the death of his parents has grounded him in just the real world we all live in while everybody else in Gotham is living in this bonker circus that's constantly it's, it's happening. A, even the people, uh, what I love about this Gotham, and yeah. actually it's kind of what I love about the the TV show Gotham, <laughs> is that the, the citizens are just, you know, they're tropes of just city people. Right. Just this big... You know, hive mentality of people that <laughs> yay to a speech, boo to a speech, throwing fruit, rah! and there's there's a montage at the beginning of Batman, uh, Batman Two, Batman Returns, Batman Two, where the camera is pushing forward to just like a receding cascade of extras, yeah, just being like, oh, the penguin does this, oh, oh the penguin does that, and bat sighted above the church, penguin sighted in the sewers, yeah, and it's just one of those <laughs> frame and OJ, frame and OJ, frame that's OJ. true. And it's got a very like people uh, don't do that. I don't talk to anyone on the it's street. It's like the newsies kind of. Someone talks to me on the street. I'm like, Get, no, don't yeah. talk to me. These people are just rattling off news mm-hmm. to no one. Yeah, 
They well, they, they, they're city people. I'm curious how much uh, the how much crossover there is between this and the animated series because I think if memory mm. serves, the animated series might have premiered like just before this movie came out. They right coincide now. in some way, uh, and I, you know, the the 89 movie has the theme that the cartoon uses mm-hmm. and it has all the art deco settings mm-hmm. that the cartoon to some extent uses. Mm-hmm. And then this movie seems to have a little bit of the cartoons sort of uh, like, it's not quite the art deco that the, the, the first movie was. Well, they're both 1992. I just confirmed okay, That's what that. I thought. I thought they sort of, co- so they, they probably were came out similar times. Well, the Batman movies had McDonald's toys. Yeah. You know, and like I, a kid probably shouldn't watch Batman Returns. Right. So it's... That's true. You're right. But they did... No, but it was definitely... I mean, it was... I, like, I had Terminator action yeah. figures. But well, like, the cartoon... Batman was hot then, so they spun... It's I don't want to say spinoff, because I don't know if there's an official connection, but... They definitely, I mean, uh, they it's not were, the universe as we built it now, but their release was certainly related. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. it was. It, and uh, what I was, uh, I, I sort of remembered my thought in the middle of that is you have like the art deco look of the first movie mm. that influences the cartoon. But then the cartoon is also what had that idea of like. It's gothic. It, right. It's gothic in the 50s. Does mm. that make any sense? It's like this weird. Old timey city people. Exactly. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's like the 50s mixed with this weird. It's sort a little of, bit of the back to the future yeah, style. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of mobsters now, I think of Whitey Bulger. Right. But like mobsters back then had Tommy guns uh-huh. and they said things like, see? Yep. And that's what this world is. Yes. Yeah. This yeah, world yeah. is 100% Probably the 20s, that. actually, more than the 50s as yep. we're talking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's Road to Perdition tied yes. into, yeah. you know, Batman. Yeah. In fact, even the first Batman movie does have that. Like, think about the reporter uh, that's like Arliss. kind of the set. Yeah, Arliss. He's got that sort of, hey, I'm a quick talking reporter. I got a scoop mm-hmm. here. I got to get the scoop. Hey. He had a good name, too. What was his name? Uh, I can t- I'll tell you in a second. We have a machine. We have the technology. Uh, was it? Mm, I wanted to say it was Flash something, but Alexander Knox. Yeah, that's it, Knox. Ah. Uh, yeah. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember Nicole Kidman's name in Batman Forever? Uh, oh, it's Poison Ivy. What is her name? No, not not. You're thinking of Uma Thurman. Oh, Batman and Robin. Nicole Kidman. Right. Wait, who does Kidman play? She's the love interest throughout the entire movie. Yeah. I guess I guess she's not a very well served served character. I, I, like, that, I think that one is like the one I saw like uh, a long like once a long it's time all right. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I do want to rewatch this. Hate in the the lens of Batman and Robin, which yeah. is pretty off, which is awesome to watch. Yeah, but it's awful. Yeah, uh, Batman Forever is okay. Yeah, but her name was Doctor Chase Meridian. Chase. She was Meridian. named after two banks. Jesus. Why? Who knows? Because fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I w- well, I w- that was uh, to jump into into returns now. So that you know, watching Batman was was fascinating. It was interesting mm. to watch that uh, as an adult and find out like, hey, I love this movie, even though it's got like all these weird problems. That doesn't happen that often to me, and that was mm. kind of a cool experience. Uh, so it was neat to be able to watch this one just like a week later. You know, like watch them back to back and see. What we were doing with sequels in the 80s and 90s, which is to say they're not that tied together, but they are referential a little bit to each other. Well, we were thinking small. Yeah. We don't think of sequels anymore. Mm-mm. We think of building a world. Franchise. Building a franchise. and But we've, we've snowballed the franchise oh, yeah. because we have concurrent franchises mm-hmm. that are all part of a bigger snowball. Mm-hmm. But this was back in simpler days when... When men were men, and yeah. we had wooden nickels, yeah. and a Batman movie might be the last. Yeah. But now we know they'll never stop. Yes. Yeah. That I, That is interesting that for so long we were making movies like, well, we might never get to do this again, so make sure you write oh, that yeah. story up. Remember, t- Spider-Man 2 is still my favorite superhero yeah. movie. 
because it was only thinking about setting up, mm-hmm. you know, potentially a Spider-Man three. Yep. Now there's no, not no. Um, I I still think, you know, the superhero jo- movies do a pretty good job of this, but there's because they think of the world, it it loosens the movie individually. Yeah. And it becomes unfair to judge them on an individual yeah. basis, which is like. Uh, I actually don't want to think that much. That's hard, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> there's so much going on. It's just complicated to talk about uh, then, you know? Uh, you, there's part of me that wants to be like, well, a movie should be able to stand up on its own two feet. And then mm. there's part of me that's like, yeah, but also some of my favorite movies like can only exist because of the oh, groundwork yeah. that's laid by some other movies. And they're building something big that we still... I mean, if it continues to grow yeah. the way that it has before the bubble bursts, right. it's like... We're st- it's blazing new territory yeah. in terms of how that's done. So I, I, I am hooked by sheer force of like, let's see what they do next. Exactly. Where is this going? I, it's never happened. It's like a mosaic. We don't know what it's going to look like until mm-hmm. we can get all the way away away from it. It's like we've the wire, seen them man. All. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like the wire, man. Yeah. Like the wire? Yeah. But it is. I mean, it's I'm really late. a lot I love like the that's, wire. That's why I love the wires, because yeah. it did that. Yeah. It made, and, and I was like, hmm, I'm going to think a lot about my whiteness. <laughs> Uh, well, and I'll tell you what Batman Returns made me think a lot about was my maleness. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, is this movie straight up just about gender politics, which yeah. I could not believe. that I, I, Of course it is, first of all. Like, of course it is. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we use a comic book to talk about gender politics? It's one of the most sort of gendered, it's got such a gendered history, right? Like, Absolutely. it's mostly male superheroes. And whenever they're women, they're, you know, for a while, Wonder Woman, where they're basically just like these bondage princesses, mm-hmm. you know? It, it's... A lot of like the most beloved superheroes came out of the idea of just like we could probably market these to Goyles. Yeah, and then they did, and girls were like, oh, okay, whatever. And sure. dudes were like, yeah, but they're fucking hot. Draw them hot. Yeah, you know, and it's it's just the nature of that. It's the nature uh, of it. Uh, you know, uh, really, most thing, everything in the world, which is men start it and try and claim it, and every once in a while, women can reclaim something. Mm-hmm. Which is this movie is very much like a reclamation of the of of. I guess the hero, right? Like, or or not reclamation. Uh, um, th- th- this movie is like because she's an anti-hero, but it's also like she's definitely, you know, she. I mean, she's definitely villainous in terms of has no no compunction. Well, then I would say she has no compunction scratching people's faces off. But right. Batman threw a man in a sewer with. I was going to say she's not that the the, the, the line so, there like, isn't that distinct. There is a distinction in that hers are shot to be more. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. You know, Batman's are meant to be playful and, yes. and casual, where hers are actually meant to be a little bit more visceral uh, on that level. Mm-hmm. But you no, know, it is. Uh, I forget my point. Fuck. Well, but hers are also often against like what what I think the movie considers like aggressors against women. Absolutely. She's generally taking down the quote unquote patriarchy mm-hmm. uh, in all of her attacks, and she's she's kind of like burning shit down, you know. Yeah. But. But it comes from a, a valid thing. Yeah. But the way that it, the way that it's all framed is wild because it it begins in something that even in in modern superhero movies we touch upon. Yeah. And the only reason that I think we can touch upon it is because honestly, in Batman Returns, they really lean into just the sexuality of what it is to put on a Batman suit mm-hmm. and fight crime, to put on a Catwoman suit, and, and you know they they turn it into a fetishization thing. Yes. And that has always been almost a gag now. Mm-hmm. In you know, like yeah, you're the guy in blue spandex saying this, Spider Man. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's always that kind of thing. But here, it really, really goes heavy and on the nose, 
and it's set up a lot for the future, I think. Well, and it's also like there there's that scene where they are very directly saying like they're they're in uh Wayne Manor and they're on the couch in front of the fire and they're literally saying like uh like he's talking about oh, it's the scene where Bruce is talking about Vicky Vale. Mm-hmm. Uh it's like the one scene where they really directly talk about the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh and he's saying like, Yeah, well, she left me because she couldn't really deal with the duality that ex- he keeps saying duality. he says duality like six times mm-hmm. in that scene. And duality is like the one word in psychology that's always used when people talk about Batman uh, or any superhero, really, right? Because that's the idea. Is it's, it's yeah, secret identity. It, yep. Uh, two people, one bank one up body. by day, yep. crime fighter by night. Right. And so, what is the psychology that that exactly. that produces that or results from that? Both of those things, right? This the sort of the aurora borealis of it all. The mm. the where what begins it Yin and, and what is the result of it? Exactly. Uh, but. What's interesting is I kind of think that ultimately what that conversation is about in this movie is not the psychology of Batman or superheroes. They're no, talking about the duality that exists in most people for like a more fetish, dark, sexual desire, I mm. think, uh, that might go against what, you know, because he's basically being like... I mean, I'm going to say typical Tim Burton. Yeah. <laughs> in some type of way. Yeah. It, the, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not transgressive, but... Um, uh, um, this is the wrong word for it, but weirder, like things mm. that are just weird. Mm. Like you know, I think they're talking about like the 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 quote unquote duality that exists in everybody. For like, well, because a lot of her story is like, well, this is what society has told me I should be mm-hmm. as a woman, and her duality is realizing like or knowing that there's this whole other person locked up inside of her that she's never accessing. She's constantly forcing out. Mm-hmm. She's trying to obey what society has told her she should be and stay inside that box. But there's this other person inside that box that's just waiting to be sprung and come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what that conversation is a lot about on that couch, is not the duality of, of the, the hero and, the, and the, the, the person who's not willing to take that step and how they could exist in the same person, but more this duality of like... Uh, for her specifically, it's the duality of just the real person that's inside of her versus the the shell of a person she has to sort of mm. Mm, give to the rest of the world, you know. Uh, and for Bruce, it's the duality of like I don't know actually in the in the context of Tim Burton's movies because I I feel like the Bruce Wayne is very muddy in these movies. I'm not sure if it's the duality of like. A person who lost his parents and needs to go fight crime, but I think al- also to wants jump to, back to love. The term, you know, he's he's weird. Yeah, it, it's he's, weird. I think that I is think what that's it's really about. The, the simple is just being weird. And yeah. you know what? To throw it back, I've always given Pee Wee credit for when yeah. I was a little kid. He showed this strange weirdness that everyone kind of loved, mm-hmm. and uh, that is what Tim Burton did two films prior. Yep, and really captured that. So I mean I think it's the I mean when you even look at uh, something like Edward Scissorhands yes he's the freak yep you know so there is that outcast nature to it and I think yeah. actually you know what? that's a term that I would love to use this outcast. Bruce Wayne is an outcast yeah because he is part of a rap duo that sings songs <laughs> such as bomb, bombs over Baghdad and hey ya um, <laughs> but um, his, his his name is Big Boy and he's Batman <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck now I lost it because I did that stupid rant you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was just watching you devolve through that. As soon as you started the Outcast riff, I was like, "Oh, that point is going to be lost." Batman is an outcast, <laughs> yes, um, because he does the hit song. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Batman's an outcast. The the Batman in in the Nolan films is a little bit more. Uh, he's a cold guy, but yes. he is a little bit of the the playboy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, Batman is almost a nerd's fantasy. Yeah, because he he is the cool, suave guy that yep. that gets the girl, but he's also like. 
He's a, he's a good guy, but he's weird. Gets to be a weirdo. <laughs> he's yeah. a weirdo. He's, yeah. he's kind of funny. Well, there's he's even a... you just reminded me uh, that there's a great line in this movie where, as he's fighting the penguin, the penguin jumps on his back and says, "You're just jealous that you're not as much of a freak as me." Oh, he and, says that I'm a he, genuine freak. Yeah, and you gotta wear a wear a suit. Yeah, you gotta uh, wear a mask, which is a great line. Oh, yeah. And you remember Bruce's response? He goes, huh, "I think you're right." Yep. Yep. Yeah. But what I love is that could be a complete breakthrough of for course. a normal person. But this Bruce Wayne's just like, cool. I'm yeah. gonna be a better Batman now. Yeah. Ugh. Well, because he's he he has clearly accepted the duality that exists in him. That's a lot of what that conversation is about on that couch, I think. He mm. he's telling her, uh, there's a duality in me that Vicky Vale was not able to deal with. Mm. And so that has ended. Uh, and he basically says, like, I'm looking for somebody who has the same duality in them that understands my duality because mm. he understands his now and accepts it almost. And that retroactively almost validates uh, the one. I, I guess it would be some sort of a problem that someone had with with Batman in terms of he just lets someone know his identity. Right. But that was Alfred bringing in Vicky Vale and just yep. saying, listen, he really likes you. This yep. is something you're going to have to deal with. He's never going to tell you. Yeah. And then in this one, it actually kind of informs a lot of the, the forward uh, thematic motion. Mm-hmm. So it validates that in terms of, uh, well, I wouldn't say retcon, but right. you know, we comic book fans don't like you messing with the history too much. Yeah. I, well, they made that work into something. The, yeah, they, and it, it it was actually fascinating to me to just see a movie made in 1992 feel like it had to address like some nerd rage, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- like that they felt like they had to say because there is a there is a little line where he says like uh, at some point Alfred says, uh, "Boy, we're gonna have to do something about the uh, the Batmobile, sir. Now that they've hacked it, it's clearly we need to get better security." And he says, "Security, you let a woman into the Batcave at some point." I just poof, I turn around and there she is. Uh, so they make this joke about the what happened in the first one that I would assume people nerd raged about because I nerd raged about it mm-hmm. now in 2016 when I reviewed it. So I imagine the same thing happened in uh, in 89, and I couldn't believe in 1992 a movie actually felt the need to respond to criticism. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That we see it so much now. It's yeah. a matter of course. Yeah, just any movie's gonna have criticism, yep. and you can get it in endless droves. Yep. I I guess I, through some channels. I, yeah, I'm, su- you know, I'm it, just it surprised. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. You know, what was big back in the day was like the the outrage against sort of like uh, you know like ah oh, they're devil worshippers. Yeah. Just like some new thing would pop up. So I think there was probably some sort of that type of pushback. Yeah, yeah. Like people are saying taking their kids to see Batman instead are seeing a BDSM opera. You know. Or, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and yeah. so I think that probably you know just things like that popped up and the yeah. studio listened because money. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's clearly what happened with this one because that we got talking about that as we were watching this movie. So I know you said this is like your favorite of the of the Batman movies uh, like by a, by a pretty big margin. Yeah, I really love it. <laughs> yeah, I it is certainly fun and entertaining. I, I was I'm I wasn't and crazy clarify, about it. It's not the best. I mean, it, it, out of all the Batman movies, it's my favorite. But in terms of what a Batman movie really could and should be, it's not the best Batman movie. I totally know what you're saying, but that's a, what I was it, saying about the first it's one. It's a Batman movie, and I love it. Yeah. And out of all the Batman, it is hands down my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only comic that would really line up with this one is the comic adaptation from the movie that they used to make. Right. For kids. Right. This is not a kids not movie. Not for kids. <laughs> it's not no. a kids movie. 
this one is so adult. But I, I do. It's interesting to me that like you know I wasn't crazy about this. I would say like it's fun. It's super fun. I think, but mm. I, I, I don't like it that much. What's really interesting is how much we all hate Batman Forever. We, I said it as if you and I agree with this. Well, but I mean, it is a culturally, culturally thing that that was the turning point. Yeah, into Batman is that Batman fall. Forever is when everything went crazy and haywire and became a circus. And this movie is literally about the circus. Like it's. This movie is as much a circus show, I would say, uh, as forever, at least. Maybe Batman oh, yeah. and Robin is a little more of a circus show than either of those. But This one's just not as... Uh, it's not the bright colors and stuff. They clearly yeah, felt yeah. the need to lighten it up and make it more of a kid-friendly thing. They tried for, to build action figures out of yeah. it, and it, it ended up being like aggressive and kind of uh, just like... I don't want to say repulsive, because that's strong, but you know right. the feeling of just like, hey, it's not... It's not pulling me in. Right. This is a very, I think this movie kind of welcomes you in. Agreed. It's, it has a warmth to it in some type of way. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I can't, I'm trying to figure out, I think I want to jump back to talking about uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer because that is, I don't know, that was the most interesting thing about this movie to me. I, I, I can't, be, I guess I'm just fascinated that there, one, that a superhero movie is about this. Right. Because like I, it makes sense to me like, yeah, you have this this medium that forever has been a male dominated medium and has been about masculinity. Mm-hmm. That is the best medium to try and tell a f- sort of feminist power story from. Right. Because then you're taking down that medium from within that medium to build up women. That's like so interesting and kind of crazy. It actually makes a lot of sense. It's it's not necessarily I mean it's it is a subtext to this movie, but it is the text of this movie. Yes, yeah. It's 100% on the surface. Oh, it's way on the nose. They there's Okay, well let's 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 start from the very beginning. Yeah. So the penguin is a guy who was abandoned at birth. Yeah. And he lives in the sewers. Max Shrek is the evil businessman that yep. uh, when the penguin ar- arises from the sewers and tries to uh you know come out to uh, come out to the world Come out to the world as a as that's, a freak. That's so totally true. Yep, he's absolutely weird. And uh, so Max Shrek wants to turn him into mayor so that he can have more power to literally grow literal power. Yep. And uh, his secretary is Selena Kyle. Yep. Who he just treats like dog shit. Treats like shit for sure. And she is. He calls her industrious at one point. Mm-hmm. She's industrious because mm-hmm. she's a little bit curious. She grows to kill the cat. Yeah. She's a little bit curious. She. Pokes around where she shouldn't, kind of speaks up a little bit when she has an idea for the yeah. for the firm or whatever. But you know, she she's shut down immediately. Yes, she's and um, she's very broken by that and shaky. Yeah. So her eventual turn into Catwoman, which will tell how it happened, becomes <laughs> this reclamation of her power without being at the sacrifice of her her femininity. Yes, yes. And yes. the entire movie is about that. And it's juxtaposed against what we were talking about earlier. You know, people that are weird, that have a weirdness, you know, even a hidden weirdness like a Batman. Her hidden weirdness was just her being, you know, essentially herself. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And it's completely, like, in the text of the movie, in the script, they literally say things about about it. It's it's wild. And it's great. Like, I loved the the... The scene leading up to her getting thrown out the window and turning into Catwoman mm-hmm. uh, was that long scene in her apartment where, all, and there, oh, it's so great. There's all these different things they do to illustrate what, God bless you, thank you, uh, what her life is like, basically like as a woman in a world that's dominated by men. She mm-hmm. hits her answering machine. 
and her most of her mother's questions, if I remember right, are sort of about like how she's like a. a oh she, yeah, she's like in, in, in rotting away in Gotham yeah. City as a lowly secretary. Yeah, like yeah. basically like, hey, why are you a lonely woman? Like, shouldn't mm. you like get a husband or something? Right? Uh, there's ads they're, they're on her answering machine. Oh, for, like, for perfume, ads for and, perfume. Nail and, and it's like, do you want to smell the way men want you to smell? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and and even the way she's. Do you remember know? the third message? No. Tell me. It was the guy that was like, hey, remember that trip we were gonna oh, take? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to do it on my own. Yeah, because you're an appendage. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, and then you know, and she's like, yeah, some fucking appendage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, what's crazy is her immediate thing is just like, well, of course you did. I'm the worst. Uh huh. It, it's horrifying, yep. really. Yep. Well, and did you notice the way she's walking around her apartment in that scene too? Oh, she's she, she's, like in, she's in pain up. from being on heels all day, mm-hmm. she, which is clearly a thing she doesn't want to be in. Mm-hmm. She takes them off as soon as she can. But she's in that, and then she puts them right back on when she gets the call that she's got to go back to the office. Oh, yeah. Because that's how she has to present herself to the men of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I loved the Literally, way- the first thing she says in the door, she's like, honey, I'm home. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm not married. <laughs> Debbie Downer over right, here. Right, exactly. But it's, yeah. And she shouldn't feel bad about that, but she mm-hmm. does. She lives in this world that has made her feel like these are problems. These mm-hmm. are things that work against her being happy and a success and all of those things. Uh, which is why it's like, the to me, the best scene in this movie is just after she gets turned into Catwoman and returns to her apartment as the new, newly not dead anymore, nine fresh lives to waste uh, or, after, or wait, after she gets the costume or when she first builds the costume? When she first builds the that's, costume. That's an incredible that sequence. That is the best yeah. scene in the movie, Well, I think. her apartment itself is bright pink yep. everywhere. There's stuffed animals. Yep. There's all this little girl shit. Yep. There's a dollhouse. Yeah, there's a literal doll, which yep. they do a great thing. Great shot. It's a great gag where it looks like her bedroom and then a really oddly sized spray of spray paint hits it. We pull back and she's spray painting her dollhouse black. Yep. Because that's how she's feeling on the inside, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's got that kind of '90s goth girl thing, right? Mm. Uh, but it also, in the context, Tim Burton loves the '90s. He goth loves girl. That. He married the eternal '90s goth girl. <laughs> I know Johnny Depp, Helen <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Bottom Carter. Yeah, and then they had uh, their first son, Johnny Depp. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> Who's their long-lost twin brother from uh, another dimension. And every Halloween, he dresses up as Jack White and releases <laughs> an album. Uh, but they... the the oh, Hold on. I'll get, I'll get back on this train. Talking about how she stuffs her stuffed animals down oh, the fuck, sink. Oh, fuck, yeah. Because yeah. she, you know, they give you all these great, you know, like you said, pink paint on the walls. She's got stuffed animals. They got the dollhouse. When she returns, she just destroys all this stuff mm. in in sort of this wanton burst of both fury and joy. Mm-hmm. It, it's like pure release of basically the man's world. You mm. know what I mean? It, it, it's her. It, it's her. It's her reclamation. That, yeah. That, it's just like I'm not taking any orders from anybody. Nobody. You know, and why am I doing it? For yeah. a dumb reason. Oh, and yeah, it, it's, it, it is, yes, it's sort of the standard 90s goth girl thing, but it is in the context of the movie very much what we're talking about now. Absolutely. Like this reclamation of her, actually, you said it the best, which is sort of like her basically saying, I'm not taking anything else anymore. It's a reclamation of almost her freedom to just be herself as a person, mm-hmm. but not at the sacrifice of her femininity, mm-hmm. which is so fascinating well, and fem- interesting. Femininity as power as right. opposed to as inferiority. Right, exactly. And that's something that just, she's conditioned like, I'm number two, Yeah, it's fine, I'm yep. number two. But you know now she's really not going to be number two to anybody. No. And, number one. And she does, you know, everything to me. Like, in, in my mind, she does everything that, like, a woman who is, um, I, I guess, like, 
whatever, coming to terms with this for the first time, like realizing she can be herself and her own woman. She does everything. She she uses her sexuality to 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 get what she needs out of the penguin to set a plan in motion. Mm-hmm. She uh, uh, sort of. Um, emasculates Shrek like over and over and over again as often as possible. That's actually a really great scene too when they when she first comes back to the office and surprises Shrek when he thinks that he's dead he immediately tries to like sass her and she just she comes on hard to uh, Bruce Wayne Yeah, which is there is nothing worse to to, I've been 15 before Uh and when you're hitting on a lady Uh and a friend comes up and just takes it away easily it it kills you it's the worst feeling in the world and she does that to Shrek on oh, yeah. purpose. It, 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 it it's, she does. You everything. almost feel bad for him, right? Except that he's a piece of shit. Except he's a piece of shit. Uh, and and that, I love that though. That it's like, yeah, okay, cool. We get to see her spray paint everything black, and mm. and and she takes her stuffed animals. This representation of her, not just her childhood, but and her innocence. But act, to me, that was more a representation of we infantilize women. Mm-hmm. That's a thing we definitely do to women. And the fact that this grown woman feels like she needs stuffed animals around her apartment is evidence of the way we infantilize them and Absolutely. the way they accept that infantilization, you know, or or not accept it, but are, are sort of forced to live under the rule of it or however you want to phrase Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, so I, so you get these great images of her, like she takes the, she actually takes the stuffed animals, she puts them in the, uh, the, the what's it called? The the food processor, the, um, uh, garbage, disposal. garbage disposal. Garbage yeah. disposal, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is like, I don't know, I think that's just like such a funny, interesting image. Uh, she does all those things, which are great, and it's like, you know, that's like the burning down of the patriarchy, if we want to, you know, mm. phrase it in all the modern parlance we use for it. But then you also have what I think we don't actually even today still see enough of, which is sort of the, yeah, but this doesn't mean like my sexuality or my femininity is gone. I can actually go at that even harder now that I've accepted oh, yeah. myself and know oh, who I am. Catwoman is hot. Yeah. And, and and knows it and is and uses it to her advantage when it comes to like... Um, really anything she wants but when it's more like oh i can i can actually reclaim power that had already been taken from me oh yeah well, by I mean, she does different a, people with just about every every male character yeah. when they get into it she softens up yeah and kind of like saddles up to him mm-hmm. and then scratches you yeah. know lures him in lures him in uses the you know the feminine attraction to yep. just suddenly stun him oh yeah and it's it's a reversal of that power yes because that's that's almost why uh I think historically, men have always tried to lord over women, is because it's that for the most part they just they make you feel a certain way, right? You know, it's this, it's this uh, losing. It. It's like it's like a, this. Dri- I mean, it's a natural drive. Yeah, yeah. And a, so a it becomes abused into power. Yeah. And so for her to take that, be like these guys are, I can just I can just turn them on like that. Yeah, yeah. And then yep. she scratches Batman. Oh yeah. She talks Penguin into doing anything. It's it's awesome. It's really awesome. Mm. And and the movie is then full of all of these representations of different kinds of masculinity in men too. I mean, the Penguin is essentially just the, oh, he's the worst. He's he's id right. Yeah. Like he is just complete id. disgusting base human. Uh, which is so funny because he's like supposed to be the f- most freakish of them all, mm. but he actually is like kind of just this like super base, like very human. Like well, it's like what was he raised in a sewer by penguins? <laughs> and was he not? Know- which well, and I was thinking about that too. One of the most interesting things about him being such a vile person, yeah. is that in the world of Gotham, because they're old timey city people, yeah. they flush their evidence down the toilet, right? Yeah. So like he found uh, Max Shrek's dead part, you know, a partner he had off, right? Offed. He finds his hand, Fred's hand. Yeah, right. Uh, all of his documents, he's got them taped together. Yep. You know, he's got all of this stuff, but it also just suggests like this guy grew up in your shit. Right. 
and he is just, you know and now well, he's coming out of it which is an interesting you know you you you, I guess if you wanted to, because I do think the movie has a few other things going on in it as far as, like, in a world where it was so clear to me all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, this movie is, like, definitely about, like, gender politics. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder what other politics is about. And I think there's some other things going on. There's, like, a mention of Absolutely. global warming at one point, which is mostly used as a punchline. But, you know, it's like there, it's touching well, on a bunch of other things. this is in 1992. We were just starting to learn about environmentalism right. as, like, a mass, a mass idea. Yep. So the way they describe electricity and power, yeah. it was right at the time where we were like, do we use nuclear? power right. do we not and it was just like oh this guy's hoarding power from the city you know so yep. they said things like global warming but i think that was more of just a a place and time thing yeah i i agree but it, it seemed to me that there are was, other things going on I, though, yeah, yeah they were to me they were like signposts that they were just kind of like look there's actually i know it's a fucking silly batman movie well, but there's some stuff going on you here to uh, uh bruce wayne because mm-hmm. he won't do business with shrek's company because it's not you know, it's not right. It's not safe. It's yeah, not it's right. Not safe, it's not good. It's not right, it's, but yeah. he also knows that this guy contributes to global warming. You know, right, he's, yeah. He's just a, he's a guy with power he doesn't know how to wield. Right. And I think Batman, at least as we pretty much have to accept him in this, is that he competently wields the power that right. he has. And that, and that's almost his great, that's almost his superpower, is mm-hmm. that he knows how to wield power appropriately. Honestly, I think that's the ultimate goal of of a lot of gender gender politics at least in mm-hmm. terms of of men being more powerful is like wield that power properly yeah you know it's i don't think it's controversial to say that generally you know men are just phys- more physically imposing i'll mm-hmm. say generally it's just a power you have yeah you got to wield it yeah gentlemanly like bruce wayne <laughs> right you know, yeah you don't want to uh, that that's like the end goal of all you know uh, at least the end goal for for me as a male would be to wield my power gracefully, right? You know, and uh, you see the you see the Max Shrek wielding it, you know, evilly, and Bruce right. Wayne he wields his power gracefully, blows clown, karate clowns up, yeah. with dynamite, yeah. No, but you know this 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 Batman we don't really consider uh, how hard of a time he's having with being Batman it, and the ethics of it. Yeah, that's not part of nope. it. It's more just how weird it is that he's being Batman, exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, which is is an interesting take on Batman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is like kind of almost that he just exists as a figure. I think honestly, that's what bugs me the most about Christian Bale's uh, Bruce Wayne, which I like him. Yeah, but he's he's cold. Mm-hmm. Um, he he couldn't be a gentleman. He could be suave. Right. He could be you know he could be sexy and suave, but he he's not going to be a gentleman. This Bruce Wayne is a gentleman. Totally. He's an old timey city rich man. Yeah, yeah. You know, see, old timey dog. See, you see, see. Uh yeah he I I because there there's um there is a little bit of this idea that like penguin kind of represents the truly the poor of Gotham right he li- mm-hmm. again you know it, it he lives amongst our shit right it's it that is I, I don't know if I've actually ever heard of a better parallel for like the the poor in a city you know yeah. they they literally live amongst the richest shit uh and that is. Interesting that his sort of entrance into Gotham is literally rising out of the sewers, right? Mm-hmm. Like rising out of their shit to be like, "Hey, I'm here. Like I, I'm, the, I'm the 99. You know, like mm-hmm. they, please, can somebody just recognize that I'm here? I like I exist. That is mostly his plot through this is really to just let Gotham know he exists. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and force them to recognize that he exists by murdering all of their children uh, in some sort of weird. Biblical allegory to Moses that didn't quite make sense to me, but I mean, is that just might be a cue. But I think so. He yeah, is, he is also in terms of a of a reclamation of power in a type of way. That's true because he's a guy that that had he not been thrown into the sewer as a monster baby mm-hmm. fish man, he 
would have just been a he would have been a, a a little chunky white male right in the in the big city. But we see Bruce Wayne, who's a man of means, mm-hmm. has no parents and lucked out. Mm-hmm. And then we have another guy, very similar, has mm-hmm. no parents, but he didn't luck out. He was right. brought up in a we'll say a lower socioeconomic area. Yeah, yeah. The circus sewer where the karate clowns and penguins live. Yeah. And and so you see these two guys that that do have the the power that I speak of to be wielded responsibly. And we have one guy who, you know, uses it yeah. to gain more power mm-hmm. and one guy who uses it to try and bring the peace. Well, we had talked about there was that great scene it's right in the beginning of the movie, I think, where um, it's one of the first times Bruce Wayne talks, which takes like a half hour. Yep. Um, but he is watching uh, uh, Penguin on, on TV, and Penguin is announcing to Gotham, I want to find my parents. I want to know who my parents are. That's why I'm here and have made myself known to the city. I need to discover my parents' identity. And I forget what Bruce says. It's something simple, and it's he not... He says, I hope he, he said uh, his parents... He's like, what about his parents, Mr. Wayne? You should get married, have a honeymoon. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hope he finds them. Right. And you and I kind of agreed that really what's happening in that scene is Bruce is looking at this man and basically hearing his own life story reflected mm-hmm. back at him and knowing that is a dangerous man. You know how I know? Because I'm a fucking dangerous man. Yep. It's I a good just thing know I am how to wield it. an ethically it. good person yep. because I'm just as dangerous from these circumstances. Yep. yep. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it also sets off the detective in Batman yeah. because he sees that this guy has the potential for evil and doesn't trust him to to not fall into that. Right. And that's where I mean that's really where his detecting begins. And it's and like the only detecting we ever get in a Batman it's movie. It's really the only you, detecting. You reminded me that I complain uh, about that all the time that we never get detective Batman in he's movies. He's just a gadget guy. And yeah. even his gadgets in this don't reek of convenience. They reek of he did the research. Right. Yeah. Like he's he's a detective. But mm-hmm. yeah, that that's what sets him off is he goes, "Oh, this penguin guy, I hope everything works out well. Mm-hmm. If he finds out who his parents are, perhaps that will cure him of the burden I carry, right. but carry well. But I'm going to keep an eye on him." Yeah, because I'm Batman. Exactly. Prepared for all in, you know, eventualities. Mm-hmm. That's that's my favorite Batman is the Batman that like, is this penguin. If there's even a 1% <laughs> chance that he becomes the mayor, we have to take that as an absolute certainty and we got to take him out. That he becomes the mayor. <laughs> Wouldn't I mean, uh, talk about I uh, in my review of the, the first one I was like, "Man, do I love the Joker plot in this. It is the jokeriest plot you could possibly have in a movie. It He's feels funny. so out of the comic books." This is like a fucking comic book villain plot line in in like the way that is like when you would want to make fun of a comic book for how ridiculous the plot oh, yeah. lines are. You know what I mean? It's like this businessman who is quite literally hoarding his power, like is too powerful already and wants more power just so he can have more. Pa- he literally says at some point. Some, uh, I think Selena challenges him. She's like, why would somebody want to just store more power? Like they literally say that and he yeah, says, yeah. and he says something like, "Like, oh, it's my legacy. Like, you never know yeah, when you're yeah. gonna need it or something like that." It's like it is so on the nose that this is just this is a version of masculinity. This is mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's also so you have <laughs> you have that guy right. You have this businessman who wants to hoard power for no reason at all, and in order to do it, he needs to set up a puppet mayor who he's gonna turn this weird Batman circus villain into, uh, who himself is then to have vengeance on the city that sort of disowned him, take all of their firstborn babies and oh, put them well that, in the toxic sludge. Firstborn sludge. babies was plan B. Yeah, yeah, that was that's plan true. B. That was after people threw fruit and vegetables at oh, him right, yeah. when Batman remixed a CD <laughs> by doing DJ moves to get him to say something else. Guys, this is what I'm saying. It's yeah. not that far off from the Batman Forever like MasterCard. It's, he, he's it's remixing just the tone CDs. tone is different. Yeah, yeah that, 
this literally happens. It's 1992. Yeah. We can all make peace with the fact that at that time we didn't quite understand didn't how CDs work. All we knew was when it's spinning, you don't touch it. Nope. Because it could lasers. Ruin, you know you're breaking mama's back. Yeah. There's lasers involved. Yeah. You want to go blind? Yeah. I don't want to go blind. I just want to listen to Seal. And so, but Batman takes the uh, takes the CD and goes arret, arret, yep. and like does a DJ scratch. Yep. And that is, we just all kind of accepted at that time that round music players, round music mediums have the same <laughs> physical functions as yes. other round music mediums. Lasers are needles. Mm -hmm. uh, reflective plastic is vinyl. If it's round, you can <laughs> you can do it. That should be a song. That was if the round. You can. That was actually the tagline for the compact disc yeah. when it first came out. <laughs> it's round. If it's round, you can. Yo, check out this CD. It's the roundest. <laughs> it's like a perfect circle. Oh, you listen to a perfect circle? No, I hate a perfect circle. CD. But the circle. Th okay, <laughs> riffin, riffin. <laughs> but it's it, it is very much a product of its time. We'll oh, say yeah. in terms of yeah. that, but. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to me because this is a magical world yeah. where a woman can fall out of a window, get bitten by a bunch of cats, oh, and yeah, come right. back to life. We didn't even talk with about cat that. powers, <laughs> and that is. It doesn't even register as something weird until you say it like that, right? But I, I want to talk about that sequence just on a technical level. Yeah, go ahead. This is one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever. Yeah, and it starts when she gets caught after hours yep. and reveals to Max Shrek that. Miss Kyle has been poking around in some of the more private files, uh -huh. and he says, "How industrious!" You know, it's his, <laughs> and but he starts getting real hot, oh, real yeah. fast. Yeah, and he's clearly upset. Like, and she knows upset, it, and he's done this before. Yeah, uh, we know he's killed people. We've yeah. met Fred's hand. You yes, know, we know yeah. that he's he's a guy that protects his business overall. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a Corleone. He does what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he immediately just starts. Being an aggressor, mm -hmm. slowly, slowly, and it's a very tense scene, well acted by both of them. Oh, yeah. He's a cold-ass killer I who loved... probably kills people, but she rides this crazy emotional thing where yeah. he, he, he pushes that. and pulls with her, mm -hmm. and any time that he relents and lightens up, mm -hmm. she immediately does go for she that, plays like, in. well, I, I was industrious, mm -hmm. I did this. And so you, you see the Catwoman emerging, just not, you know, Catwoman's the more damaged version of this, but, um, you know... Can I jump in really yeah, quick? Because I, you just like uh, that fascinates because that that whole scene was like so complicated to me in in a really interesting way. I was like, oh, this makes me really uncomfortable. The mm -hmm. way he's treating her. That's actually where I initially meant to go. Was just the way that it's shot. Yeah, is this very very? It, there's no there's no uh, flair to it. Mm -mm. There's just very very direct two person acting. Yep. And it oh, mostly close so ups. Mostly close ups back and forth. Yep. But every once in a while a two shot. Yep. But the whole time. There's a, what's referred to as a presidential zoom, the yes. ever so slow zoom on it that eventually puts it to the point where he's way above her. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine he's that much taller than no, her. No, probably not. But he towers above her. Oh, yeah. And you feel this, you feel the fear with her. He's terrifying. Yeah. But the second that he, that he, now we'll go back to the thematic thing, away from the technique. Yep. The second he relents, you know, she starts to rise up again. You know, right. It's not like you can just kill me, she says. And she's basically asking, please don't kill me. Right. Uh, oh, and, and he says, Actually, that's a lot like that. Yeah. And she kind of realizes, oh shit. This is what's going the, on. Huh? Yeah. Uh? Like he's joking. And th that's kind of where it all breaks because they both kind of laugh and, you know, well, it's that classic thing. You notice she starts crying, though, yeah. as she's laughing there. Because to me, what you just made me realize is that whole scene is a really great, very graphic example of, of as it's been described to me by, by, by different women. Sort of the way women always feel like they have to interact with men, even mm -hmm. when men aren't being that aggressive and that threatening oh, yeah, yeah. with them. They, uh, I, I, I've had multiple women describe to me this idea that, like, you know, the reason I will tell you I have a boyfriend if you try and talk to me at the bar 
even if I'm single and have been for years, is because I've sort of been conditioned by your response as a man. She doesn't mean you and I specifically, yeah, yeah. but whatever, your response as a man, that if you if I say I have a boyfriend, hearing me say there's another man who's in control of me, oh, wow. you respect that. So you go, oh, okay, sorry, no problem. You yeah, walk that, away. That's wild. I never even thought You just about walk that. away. However, if I just say I'm not interested you'll get more aggressive. Yeah, you'll keep yeah. coming back for more. You'll think there's well, more the you can do. The general idea is, from what I would understand, gotta, I'm going to have to preface that with everything, from yeah. what I understand is that the idea is that for the man, it's just like, I'm gonna, I'm just going to keep taking it until, and you just say no. and I, you know, I'll, I'll just keep taking it until yep. you just push it back, inch it back, inch it back, inch it back. And before you know it, you know, you're, you're beyond your, uh, your limit. Right. Just because... The aggression of it. Yeah. You know, it, just, it, all right, okay, okay, it, okay, just a little bit if it slows you down. Oh, it doesn't slow you down? And that's so... Scary uh, shit. Exactly. And that, uh, apparently, this, uh, you know, uh, man, I do hate, I feel weird talking about this and hate having to say, from what I'm told, but I'll just keep doing that because yeah. th- that's the truth of it. Yeah, we should make it clear that, that we're just two dudes yeah, at uh, the you know, kitchen the, table right now. Yeah, uh, but that is the truth of it, right? There's just, uh, you know, girlfriends and, and my sister and, you know, I have women in my life that are important to me and stuff that... Um, Men tend to uh, be aggressive, even when some of them are just aggressive, right? Mm. Um, but also just in the way we'll take rejection, right? Mm-hmm. We we will sometimes be aggressive in ways that we might not realize we are or we might not intend to be, blah, 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 all that stuff. Her reaction in that scene where she just starts crying when he relents, but she's also relenting, it sort of seems, you know, like she, oh, oh I get the joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as, I hope everything's as okay. tears yeah, are coming yeah. up because she's just, all she's doing is going like, please, am I having the right reaction right now? Yeah. Whatever reaction you need from me is the reaction I just will give you it. just to make this stop. I think the general, the general, uh, like drive for, for the male in that sense is that it, it's mine. Right. You just you just don't know it yet. Exactly. You know, you'll yeah. it's ownership. One day you'll let me yep. take what's mine. Yep. You know, it's just a matter of assumed ownership. You do it. Yeah. Yeah, exa- mm-hmm. yeah, assumed ownership. Mm-hmm. And that is I mean, that is a hundred percent what uh the catwoman thing is about. Yeah. It's just, you know, complete self ownership. Yeah. Uh, I fucking that I like as much as I wasn't like crazy, you know, I was like, Oh, this movie's fun and I wasn't crazy about it, but it was fun and enjoyable. That aspect of it, which is ultimately like really at the forefront of most of the movie. I actually wish this movie was called Catwoman. It's practically oh, yeah. more a Catwoman movie than it is a Batman movie to That's begin the with. The one flaw that I give to Batman Returns is that for a movie called Batman, there's not a lot of Batman right. in it. Yeah, and there's enough, but Oh, there's absolutely n- enough. I not mean, a whole lot comparatively yeah. to It's not a Batman centric story. No. Uh, it's about his, all of them, really. Well, his story, he's almost the spectator to it because yeah. if this truly is, I mean, it the general on... theme is it's a story about power. Yes. It's a story about how you can have no power, how you can have a lot of power, and when you have no power, reclaiming it. Yeah. That is the general thing of everything. But the Batman in this world is, like we said, he's he's powerful mm-hmm. and he knows how to wield it. Yep. His only thing is that he's just kind of funny about it because he lives in this crazy yeah. world where yeah. he's like, "Whoa, you know, yeah. I've never even heard of Vichyswa." Yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, there's yeah. a circus gang. I guess I better take care mm-hmm. of it because I'm the only competent one. Yeah, I'm not normal city guy. So what are they called? The Red Triangle Gang. Red what Triangle a, Gang. What yeah. A weird. He he just treats it like it's. He's the only person that when they're like the Red Triangle Gang is controlled by the Penguin, yeah. isn't like he's just like oh, that's strange. Yeah. Everyone else just goes with it. Yeah, you know, it's. But no, for a movie that is about, you know, that Batman story doesn't really lend to much of that. Mm-mm. You know, he actually, his 
his thing lends more to the just direct fetishization angle of it. Yes. Because there's not much of a power theme there. No, there's that great scene where... When he faces off with Catwoman, that is there. Yes. But because we've established them as as two sides of a similar coin Mm -hmm. of just, you know, two people that have that weirdness. Yep. But... You know, hers is about power. His is about I don't even really know. I yeah. think that's kind of the thing. He doesn't it, really it's know. So muddy. I feel like the Bruce Wayne thing. He was in born these this movies. way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. feels like that. Yeah. He, was just, he was born this way. But you know, that's when they're together. There is a little bit of that, that power idea. You can't help it because of the gender aspect of it. Yep. But his, of course, he's sidelined. Is the point that I'm making? Yes. His, yeah. His yeah, character yeah. doesn't really have room to experiment with any of that. Mm-hmm. But he's our window into this crazy political scheme slash personal discovery that yeah really carries in that theme yeah i i just uh, i i i kind of can't believe i haven't heard more people talk about this yeah like as soon as well, we when i first saw it it was just a batman movie that was weird and like right. kind of hot and i didn't quite know what was yeah. going on yet well it gets yeah. referred to sort of offhandedly as like bondage batman people yeah, sort yeah. of make fun of it for the fetish aspects of it but Watching it today, I you know the it's feti- not explicitly about that. Yeah, the fetish yeah. aspects are certainly there, but I one I think they are meant to be more a parallel to just like whatever your weirdness is, right? Mm-hmm. Like fire freak. I think fly. they're also just part of the design. Yeah, I yeah. mean that is something Tim Burton yes. is yeah. always has in his in his well, films and in his films in general. Most of his films, if we could say there's one unifying thing about them other than squiggly trees, it's mm-hmm. flyer freak flag. That's yeah. the theme of a lot of and his spirals. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, and that's clearly what a lot of this is about is flyer freak flag, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that, I think that's his obsession with Batman to begin with is, is that kind of, um, but also, you know, more a parallel for just your weirdness, whatever your weirdness is like, it, love it, be accepting of it, put it out there in the world, um, which is great. Uh, but then, yeah, you have like so much more going on, I think, with just the, the, the gender politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want, do we know uh, who wrote this movie? I'm curious. Well, it's the guy, I forget his name, but he also wrote Heathers. Oh, yeah, you did say that. Yeah. And so um, I, I've actually not seen Heathers. So, yeah. But I'm from not what either. I understand I'm just familiar about it, it's definitely it. a darker, angsty school mm-hmm. violence movie. Right. Uh, with Christian Slater. Uh huh. And uh, he's one of my favorites, baby. Yeah. I am going to look up Batman Returns and find this guy's name. Because I'm just curious. Uh, like, I I would love to find... Daniel Waters. Daniel Waters. I would love to find quotes from Burton or Waters just about... Like, why is this what this Batman movie's about? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why did you decide to use Batman to tell sort of a feminist empowerment story? What's weird is that... It, it makes sense there, to me, but it almost oh, it totally makes sense. Yeah. But uh, it all like because when I saw it as a younger person, I mean, it definitely had the effect that I think it had yeah. in terms of its representation of of femininity and masculinity, how they're used. It certainly affected me before I knew the terms. Yeah. to to really understand what that meant. Mm-hmm. But it, I I wonder if if it was almost accidental, like one of those lightning in a bottle yeah. things where it was on his mind. You know, it was like, oh, this is because it's it's kind of a pulpy B movie. It's yeah. very cheesy and old timey. Yeah, and, and I don't know. It's just it has a weird. Uh, I I, I want to say manipulativeness. I mean, it's like a circus. Yeah, it's designed to be entertainment mm-hmm. uh, in, in in that type of way because it has a there's some like his girl Friday chatter in yeah, it. You know, totally. stuff like that. So I think it just kind of. Probably after rewrites just emerged. Yeah. You know, things like that, I feel you know, it had to be on his mind. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think that I didn't have the terminology. Well, of course, I was much younger, but even yeah. in the years intervening, it, 
I don't think it would have been until the last two or three years that I would have even been able to see it this way. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, that's it was actually, just a conversation you're probably that right, actually. is back now, mm-hmm. 24 years later. Yeah. You know, so, so maybe no one talked about it because we kind of forgot about it because we've been buried in Batman. Yeah. And now I, if you pull it back out, you might see a little something. I wonder, I, I'm curious, like, did anybody, I mean, it seems weird to ask this when it seems so on the nose in the movie. Uh, so, uh, listeners, forgive me for sounding like a real fucking idiot right now, but is it possible, like, nobody even knew that's what was going on when this movie came out? You know, like, like are, not that we're the first people to, like, uncover this about the movie. It's too on the nose to, for yeah, that yeah, to be someone the truth. Uh, but, th- you know, I, I wonder if... Like, I wonder if we were watching Entertainment Tonight in 1989, if anybody, and, and Tim Burton was, was the special guest for a full half hour, if anybody would have even said, like, like asked him, like, you know, hey, wh- what is, like, why did you decide to make this more of a Catwoman story than a Batman story? Like, mm-hmm. even phrase it that way, you know, to, to try and lightly get him into talking about the feminist politics of it. Um, I don't think anybody even would have thought to ask him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming, you know, like, I wonder if he just got to sit there and silently smile to himself that he had covertly made this, like, story about female empowerment. Oh, they probably just asked him what it was like to make a Batman movie. Yeah. Like, what's it like to make a Batman movie? So the Batmobile. Yeah. Is that real? Like, actually, wait. Do we get to see Michael Keaton's butt? Woo! Hold on. Just think about this. How fucking subversive is it that he made a female empowerment story with Batman with Batman. like with this super manly masculine character that fucking nerds love that because of things like Gamergate and stuff we've realized like that culture can be very problematic oh, yeah. especially in its depictions of women and the way they interact with and treat women like so crazy actually and so subversive that he decided to do that with Batman and no one caught him I don't think I don't think so I, mean, I feel like we didn't have the, the I feel like the you internet and I, to have it happen I know but I feel like you and I would have known this about this oh, movie oh yeah absolutely the, the kind of nerds we are it's the specific kind of nerds we are movie nerds Batman nerds guys that were on the internet when we could be you know not that this but, has been my favorite Batman movie for years yeah and I've never seen it this way until yeah. more recently I, I, I've seen it a hundred so times so I don't think this could have been in the conversation at the time I don't yeah. think it could have been. I, I, I could be wrong about that, but I, no, I doubt it. It certainly wouldn't be as much. If this yeah. came out now, it would definitely be part oh, of the conversation. Yeah. If Mad Max, which which yep. it wore it on its sleeve, but not on its nose. This no. one wears it. It's painted on its face. Yep. And we might have so, even made fun of it for being too much on the nose or something. Yeah, yeah. It, but I mean, what's weird is it. I don't think it ever hits a point where I don't I'm think like, so ooh, that's tone deaf. Yeah. That, that's, what I think, what blows my mind most about it. Is yeah. like, even nowadays, you'll see something you're like, that was a valiant effort to have the conversation. Yeah. This part was a little tone deaf. There, you know, yep. and that's where yep. the conversation comes from. This is pretty steady spot this is on, one, like, I think. Remember when we watched True Lies? Yeah. And it had a very similar sub-theme to it yep. with Jamie Lee Curtis's character. These two movies, I think, are weird gems that hold yeah. up to a modern test of time. About the same era, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's... it's it, this was also like my growing up I had a Batman poster on my wall. Mm-hmm. My sister had the Catwoman from this movie on yeah. her wall, and this, hell, my sister was hell not here, right? the, the precise yeah. one. And that was a uh, my sister didn't like Batman the way I liked Batman, right. but like she was on board. So like in some way, the the inclusivity of it yeah. also is is a you know a symptom of the fact that it was having that conversation right under our noses. Yeah, man, fuck that I. There, I, there's a part of me that wants to just like uh, laud this movie and give this one a four star review too because I'm so impressed with uh, the thematics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, pro- probably the gonna, is, probably this gonna is get a another one where much like something like Fury Road, yeah, ignore every ounce of the subtext. Oh, it's still so fun. And it's just, just entertaining, an entertaining and, movie. Yeah, agreed. 
it's, it's and that that so rarely happens. Yeah, because nowadays, and it's weird too because I, I don't know if it's a if it's a reaction to the fact that we're all having the conversation or just the fact that there's more media exposure. You know, there's just more movies coming out. Yeah, you know, there was just we, you couldn't see a hundred movies a year watching uh, in Batman. You know. Batman Returns era. Right. Now anybody who wants to make a movie can, you know, probably do a decent job with it. Mm-hmm. So you get less professional hands at these mm-hmm. things and less, you know, mandated hands on these things. That's true. Yeah. So you see stuff that that it'll take on a message and it'll either come on too strong mm-hmm. or not come on strong enough, mm-hmm. e- either because of aggressiveness or fear of overaggression yep. to it. That that you get a lot of movies where where it's so it's so out there in a way that you just don't want to engage it on that level. Yeah. This is a movie that you do want to engage it, and you almost don't realize that you're you're engaging it till after the fact. That's you know, totally it's, true. I, you know, the prime example is I've watched this movie a hundred times, and it was always an awesome Batman movie to me. I loved it. It was yeah. weird. It was weird. Yeah. That was what I liked about yeah. it. But now we're sitting here and we're talking for an hour yeah. about this. In it is so in there. It's so in there. Yeah, it but feels it's like not, it's part of its DNA. It's so natural that that yeah, I engaged with it a hundred times and it affected me without me knowing it. Yeah. Well, think about how subtle it actually starts to get you there, too. It's mostly with those voicemail messages where you and I sort of at first were like kind of nudging each other and being like, oh, look at this little little feminist story going on yeah. here. Like a little grin on her face. It's like, oh, getting a, little, getting a little feminist back in 1992. We're going to be able to talk about modern issues on tonight's episode. Yeah, a little yeah. buddy. And then it just kept getting more and more and more, and it was more direct, and it was like, Oh, this, and more meaningful. Yeah, like this isn't a mistake, or or like, oh, we'll make sure we get a little bit of this in there. Like, yeah, we yeah. want to make sure we got some of it in there. It's like this is what this movie is the driving about. theme of the entire yeah. movie. Yeah, uh, so impressive. Like seriously, that is so impressive. This movie is going to get probably a better rating than I I might have given it just if I was only watching it for the entertaining Batman value. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I I don't know. To me, that is fascinating. Uh, and in 1992, like fucking, that's some grade A shit. That's like I, I, that's crazy to me. 1992. Using Batman to tell a a just a, a female empowerment story that's a fucking and even kudos than to you, that, Mr. Burton a a just a complete power story yes yes you know it's it's completely about yeah. power because it is about it's wealth about it dynamics. is about yeah. means it is about privilege mm-hmm. you know we have a Batman who's normal because he had all the opportunities afforded to him yep. we have a Penguin Man who grew up in your shit in the sewer <laughs> and. You know he's a he's a little bit different. <laughs> so is, so is Bruce Wayne, yeah. but he lives in our shit, mm-hmm. and they create two very different men. Yes, one of them isn't even really a man; he's a penguin. <laughs> he's a he's literally part penguin, and mm-hmm. that's another thing that I, I got to jump back. It's Please. the best scene: the Christopher Walken taunting Michelle Pfeiffer and then pushing her out the window. Because uh-huh. after he pushes her out the window, she she falls through a couple of canopies. Oh, that's in an yeah. incredible shot that you never see Tim Burton do anymore. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's terrifying. It's really it's urgent. And then she hits, and she's fucking dead. And then a team of cats all nibble her a team until of she comes. What are they called? A, a nightmare of cats. <laughs> so a school of cats. Yeah. Um, what is it? A. Uh, I just when you said team of cats, I imagine they all had like the same bowling jacket on. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A murder of cats yeah. comes up and surrounds her. You know, a circus of cats. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. Boom. A circus of cats basically just nibble on her and imbue her with cat powers. Cat powers. Um, no, not the not the singer cat power. No. Um, no, cat powers. Cat um, powers. The way that, that Spider-Man gets spider powers. Yes. She gets cat powers, but not because of pseudoscience in nope. Spider-Man, because of magic. Yeah. And this is a world where a weird guy can be thrown into the sewer and grow up with the physicality of a penguin mm-hmm. as a result of hanging around in toxic waste with penguins. Yep. This is where, 
you know, a, a woman uh, will turn into a cat lady after getting nibbled by cats from death. And, uh, you know, we're talking about her, her explosion thematically into a real <laughs> yeah. woman. It comes at the expense of magically becoming a cat yeah. lady. This is the kind of world for me yeah. that Batman should exist in. Yeah. This is why Batman Returns is my favorite. I love the Chris Nolan movies, and it's going to sound like I hate them, but the one thing that never worked for me is that you commit so hard to the realism of the world that it's hard for me to facilitate that a Batman could exist. Right. Uh, the second Batman shows up, I want the world to go weird with him because yeah. if a real guy did Batman, he would get shot to death by the cops. Mm-hmm. That would be it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it couldn't happen. People, it just it. So putting it in a real world doesn't work for me. And right. then conversely, when you have Batman, you know, magically return from a a well in the uh, <laughs> in the bottom of the desert, yeah. uh, come overseas <laughs> in the matter of minutes, and then take time to paint a flaming graffiti bat on a bridge <laughs> at a time when the city is in the nuclear threat. But you're putting it in the real world. Yeah. It doesn't work. For, it, yeah. It's just something takes me out of that. I know what you mean. Dark Knight nailed it. Per- Batman Begins is actually my favorite of that trilogy yeah. because that one is a little it still has some of that Batman yep. Returns DNA in it. Yep. You know, there is a magic hallucinating drug. Yep. It's it, it's this weird world. He's I hate to say it, but it, they do that classic what the it, it's a very classic "Quote unquote white story," but it, yeah. you know he's got to go to a foreign eastern land yep. and learn a sort of basically mystical martial art uh, in order to be a a better white man. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and it's just, it's putting this real theme in this world that the one unreal thing about it is Batman right. doesn't work for me. I, now, to their I credit, see what you mean. And and I think actually one of the things that aesthetically it has a lot to do with Batman Begins was shot on sets. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight was shot in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it takes on a different feel to the world. Mm-hmm. It just, and I like that set feel, and I think it's because it harkens back yeah. to you know Batman Returns, Batman, and so you have this this realistic world with a wholly unreal element in it, and it mm-hmm. doesn't jibe. I'd much rather have a completely mystical world and a kind of regular Batman in it. It just works for me. I think it's in. It's definitely interesting at the very least, mm-hmm. right? Like I haven't seen that anywhere else that I know of. The comic books certainly there are versions where it's a little more fantastical than others, but I don't feel like I've ever seen anyone address the idea that okay, in these ones where it is more cartoony or more fantastical, then Batman can be a little more cartoony and mm-hmm. a little more fantastical. We don't I, have to explain him as much, right? It's just, oh, yeah, Batman exists. Yeah. This is a world where Batman is. I mean, that's kind of the thing, right? It's like, I, I, that makes him less interesting to me personally, but it is interesting to me as far as like telling a Batman story that, like, in this Tim Burton universe, he just is Batman. And there's so little explanation for that or what that means to him or how he feels about that. That we have this very sort of muddied, unclear, like Bruce Wayne and this... It's like, what what happened? So his parents died, but how does that get us to Batman? I'm not exactly sure where we go from point A to point B. Something about that is weird to me, and that's like not the thing that I am... in. Like, I would prefer a more clearly psychologically defined Batman. Mm-hmm. That being said, that allows for this like wildly different kind of thing that I... Don't I am not anticipating when I sit down mm-hmm. to like watch Batman, you know? Well, I don't think a a Nolan Batman or, or a Batman versus Superman or you know Batman Forever, any of those. Right. I don't think any of them could shell, you know, a, a giant power structure, you know, uh, 
you know, a breakdown of power structures right. and a social commentary. You, you can't have that there. Well, I mean, like Dark Knight had a little bit about surveillance, mm-hmm, you know, but mm-hmm. all of them by nature essentially have to be a Batman story. Mm-hmm. And by not being a Batman story, this one can very coyly sneak in a, just a better story. Yeah. We don't need the Batman story. We got it. Right. Yeah. We've definitely seen that Batman story. Uh, I, do, I, yeah, I do want to, I will say, uh, Michael Keaton, the thing that I love the most about him in these movies is that although this mean, he essentially to me, it seems like he's stand-up comedian Michael Keaton. He just happens to be in a bat costume, right? He's not like doing a great Bruce Wayne or anything, but he's the only Bruce Wayne that has legitimately made me fucking laugh like a lot. Like he is really funny in these movies. He is legit super funny in these movies. You know what would be hilarious? Imagine if I dressed up as a bat and fuck crime. Yeah. I, you know, let's do that. Let's, let's do try that. it. I have all the money. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it done. Oh, also awesome bat cave in these movies. Yes. Really awesome bat cave. He has a cave. Yeah. It, there's no explanation nope. as to as to why he has a literal cave and Alfred stands on one cliff yeah. that is separated from yep. where Bruce Wayne works. Yep. All it is is that, yeah, he's Batman. Batman has caves. Yep. He's weird. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. It's great. Yeah. And to, like, I would much rather have a oh it's a cave then have to be like why is there a cave it's so much easier for me to just go with this movie yep. and honestly i think that's what 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 irks me so much about a lot of responses to to uh modern superhero movies is that it, we we refuse to we refuse to to go with it all the way mm-hmm. and it, it can legitimately be a flaw of course yeah. how whatever however the movie presents itself right. but a lot of times i find and even in myself this resistance to just be like well, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, well, yeah. no fucking shit. It wouldn't happen. Yeah. It's got Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man can't happen. Yep. But you know, you you push back against that in in a weird way. In this movie, there's no urge to do that because <laughs> it immediately. I mean, it immediately lets its freak flag fly, if you will. Yeah. It it immediately comes out to you as like this is going to be weird. Yeah. Cool. I yeah I I actually appreciate that it sort of decides to to go. It, you know, it's committing to that, too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which is, uh, if we can say anything for Tim Burton, it is there's a real commitment to the things that he's doing, uh, evidenced by the same spirally tree that shows up in every single one of his goddamn movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he, he commits to these visions, you know? Uh, and that certainly worked for his Batman, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uses miniatures, which is a lost art. Oh, I love it. There's love a it. ridiculous amount of Batman combat fighting, yep. which is awesome. Flaming Stuntman. Yep, that is a key for me. Mm-hmm. That's that's two of the stars that a movie can get. Crazy, right there. scary clown people. Crazy, scary clown people. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken yep. doing the thing he does before it was the thing that he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Danny I, DeVito I hate, playing Frank Reynolds oh, before yeah. he got cast as Frank Reynolds. Literally, the role yeah. Danny DeVito was born to play. Yeah. There's no one else could do it. Stepping into the likely. You know, relatively small shoes of Burgess Meredith. He, he <laughs> assumes the role. He was a little guy, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But he assumes the role of uh, of the penguin gracefully. Um, it's I love it. I yeah. love it. Oh, and it's got like Stan Winston, fucking like little penguin creatures and stuff. It's just it's full mm-hmm. of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Zany umbrellas. Oh yeah, that's right. He's got that whole umbrella. Got a collection, collection of umbrellas. Yeah. Oh, I hate to undercut the the whole theme of this, but I have to say it. At this, but I think it does fit in the theme is that even with all of the, the Catwoman reclaiming her fem- femininity mm. and all that, she's fucking hot. Oh, she looks great in that costume. She's, it is intentionally trying oh, yeah. to get an arousal response, oh, yeah. and it, it gets the best one. Yeah. And it's, but at the same time, like, it's, a, it's an arousal that comes with this fear. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I don't normally, that I don't get to experience mm-hmm. not that something oh i can't wait to experience something you know, and so it is sort of an awakening from that angle of just like you know sexuality is definitely not 
it's very rarely a scary thing to me. That's right. not a normal thing in my life. And for it to even be semi-normal is abnormal. And for a lot of women, it's very normal. And it it's an exposure to that feeling that I don't get. It's wild. Yeah, you're right, actually. That's great. You know? Just the reversal that, like... Uh, as, She's fucking hot. Yeah, but also that, like... But I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a cool reversal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's, that's, that's a great point. But in the same way, that's what her character's doing. Uh-huh. She's becoming this, this insanely... Uh, sufficient to the standards of this of this male eye yeah. woman, but like not at the expense of any of the power she could have from it. It's Mm-mm. and and it the fact that it's scary to me right shows that it's you know like that's a that is still relevant. Yeah, you know if that can produce that fear thing in me, it's happening. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and this is from nineteen ninety two. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's twenty five years ago. That's mm-hmm. like yeah. God damn it. Uh, all right, let's wrap this baby oh. up. Yeah, I, I pulled up the guy who wrote it, and I think it's really funny. Oh, please, yes. Um, what his uh, f- uh, filmography is. What he's known for were Batman Returns, uh-huh. Heathers, yep. Hudson Hawk, oh. and Demolition Man. No shit. Oh, and Vampire Academy. Yeah, wow, what an interesting He wrote fucking... that. Oh, Happy Campers was good. He wrote that. Oh, I've never seen that. Um, the Adventures of Ford Fairlane with Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Dice he's man. got a pretty... It's an interesting, eclectic... Diverse, but yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, I do love Demolition Man. Yeah, it was a good movie. Uh, I got to see that actually. I've never oh, seen it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, is that Insane. the one where uh, Taco Bell is like the only restaurant that exists yeah. anymore? Right. Taco yeah. Bell exists, yeah. and everyone wipes their butt with like a clamshell thing, Ooh. but they don't say how they do it. It's just a joke where Stallone's like, "Yeah, how do you wipe your ass here?" And then they just hand him the shell. He's like, "I don't see it," and that's it. And, <laughs> but it's it's great. It works every time. <laughs> Anytime you pull out the shell, you're like, "Ah, the poop shell!" <laughs> oh man, Stallone. You're so crazy. You're the judge, jury, and the jester. You're so funny. And the executioner. I should leave. put that in there. Yeah. You do kill a lot of people. <laughs> He's Judge Shred. He's Judge uh, Shred. All right. So we will be back in a week's time uh, for another Batman yeah, review. Yeah, yeah. But of, uh, boy, the most controversial movie of the year. I'm certain of it. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. It's so crazy. It's, two, it's a fucking blue superhero and a red superhero punching each other. I'm going to say I, I, I've seen it. Right. You have. I haven't yet. I've seen it. And it's a big old mess. Yeah. But I, I so, like I respect the shit out of it. Yeah. Because it's really, really actually trying to do something. It's not really doing it. <laughs> it like it's really trying Valiant to do and it. effort. But it's also just like it's two and a half hours that I would do again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm so excited. I think I'm gonna go tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm like really excited. You should see it if you can yeah. see it on an IMAX, see it on an IMAX. I think I'm gonna it do that. beautiful. I think I'm gonna do that. But I wonder but, if you want to before we wrap it up yeah. to take a stab at a loose ranking Ooh, of yeah. the Batman. Okay, I can hear So here's the way that I think we should do it. Do it. Okay. What's the what's the worst Batman? Um I mean, I don't want to say this because this is the classic answer, and I haven't seen a lot of these movies in a while. I'm, I, I think we should include the Adam West one in our. Record. Yeah, I, I, okay. I, I was thinking the same thing. Batman and Robin. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I guess, more than knowing, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. Um, What's crazy is that that one I'd actually like to watch more than some of the other ones. Mm. But like, like I would watch that before I'd watch Batman Forever. But uh, I would still put Batman and Robin last. Can I tell you why I would watch Batman Forever over Batman and Robin? It is only the Val Kilmer factor. Mm-hmm. That's it. Otherwise, that I actually think you're right. I would rather watch the silliness of Batman and Robin oh, and yeah. see like how absurd it is. It's insane. Than Batman Forever. But I, I really like Val Kilmer, and I, I, I don't remember what his Batman Bruce Do you remember Wayne his botched dynamic line? is like. No. I told you about this before. I think. I don't know why. Apparently, he's difficult to work with, and yeah, I think that's where I've this line this, came yeah. from. Because no one said, cut, do that again. What did you just yeah. fucking say? 
because there's the one part where he hits on Dr. Chase Meridian. Mm-hmm. And he's like, tell me, Chase, do you like to go to the Tharkov? <laughs> and he fucks up Circus in the strangest way where it's like, whoa, whoa, cut. But no one says, the movie just keeps yeah. going. Yeah. And no one says, like, cut, yeah. let's do that again, but actually do it. Oh, man. Never happens. The movie just continues to the credits roll. Oh, man. And the whole time you're like, did he say fucking Tharkov? say Tharkov? Tharkov? It's, it's crazy. That is crazy. But, you know. Uh, that probably would be the one I would rank just above Batman and Robin. I would do that, too. Yeah. And that one, I think, is actually a better movie than some of them. Mm-hmm. But the just the, the palette of them is so offensive to oh, my yeah. sensibilities that it, they're disgusting. They, like, make me uncomfortable I to agree. watch. I agree. Is it, you ever see Nothing But Trouble? Yeah. Where it's just like it makes you feel ooky. It's <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I mean, you're going you're gonna to hate this answer. The thing that I'm tossing up right now is whether... Batman Returns would come next, or Dark Knight Rises. Mm. I don't know which one. I kind of think I'd rather watch Rises over Returns again. I think. I I would I would put Rises in this spot. Yeah, that that for me was the the weakest I, of the trilogy, and I would agree with that. That it's the weakest of that trilogy. Mm. I think it, Returns or Rises, those are probably an interchangeable spot right there in the mm-hmm. middle somewhere. I would think, and then I okay, ready? I, I we still haven't talked about Batman sixty six yet. And I think I'm going to go Batman Begins next mm. and put Batman 66 and then Dark Knight at the top, I think. Now, I'm now here's the thing. I'm saying that having not seen Batman 66 yeah, yeah. since I was like a kid. Well, I'm putting Batman 66 in this spot, without a yeah. doubt. I think my next one up after that is going to be Batman. Yeah. I would put Batman Oh, there. I forgot to include Batman in yeah. there. Actually, we, we still haven't gotten through a whole lot of them. I think it would be Batman, Dark Knight for my top. I think Batman, Dark Knight at the top. Well, there's still some more. Are there? Yeah, so I'd, I would be okay. Bottom to top. I'm yeah. going Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, Dark Knight Rises, 66, Batman, Dark Knight, Yeah. Batman Begins, Yeah. Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. At the top. That's yeah. where I'm going. I think, yeah, Robin, Forever, um... Uh, returns or rises? Uh, probably. Uh, you're probably right. Actually, I haven't seen sixty six in a long time. I just I'm imagining, based on my my taste as an adult now, that that would really fucking just sing for me. I would probably love oh, the yeah. shit out of that movie. It'd be a fun time to uh, watch. Yeah, uh, but you're probably right. Probably sixty six, and then uh, it would probably be begins Batman Dark Knight for me i think um i think dark knight is in, it just incredible it's awesome it, it, it's just an incredible movie i if i almost want to take it off of this list academy award style because i can't have it be nominated for best animated movie and best picture yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i gotta get it out of the super i gotta get it out of the batman category and just throw it over to like just great fucking movie category because it's just that's that good. so good about it and yeah actually that's it's, the one it's thing heat that I with find Batman similar it. about it with Batman Returns is that it's my favorite thing about franchises, and it's actually why I am pretty partial to Iron Man Two. Mm. Is I love they they both of them come as we've established a character, drop you, let's in. just send them on send them on an adventure, yep. you know, because Batman Returns wasn't trying to build a franchise, uh-uh. and whereas The Dark Knight was, it it's one of a few Batman movies now that doesn't feel like it exists oh, yeah. in the franchise. I, oh, the you don't need to see the other two. I could give you that, and you're going to get a good, solid Batman story with a you know complete narrative. I think that all the time, that that's the one that I would show my dad. If yeah. my dad was ever like, hey, I kind of want to see one of the new Batman movies, I'd be like, Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. You don't need to see anything else. Sit down and watch The Dark Knight. It is so good. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to switch that. We're going to bump Batman <laughs> Begins down, and we're going to put Bar- Dark Knight 
I, uh, second, I was at the Bark Night, the Bark Night, which is the Marlon Wayans uh, version, it's, it's, where he becomes like a dog man or something. I don't know. It's the big dogs T-shirt version yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Wood watch. <laughs> Wood fucking watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, c- uh, come back next week, uh, and we will be doing some Batman v Superman. We're going to be doing it with a couple, at least one guest uh, yeah. from uh, from I our think, friends I at think Cinadelphia. Satoya might bounce in too. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. I, I was figuring we would get at least one more, and that's kind of who I was hoping for. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. great. Uh, so yeah, I think we're going to come back with some great guests. We're going to talk Batman v Superman, uh, and we got our 420 extravaganza coming up on April 20th. Come Absolutely. see movie movie live uh, at Philomoka. Uh, we have an awesome panel this month. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, you can find us on. Twitter. Twitter at I like two movie. That's the number two. Facebook.com slash I like two movie. The number two. Uh, you can find. Oh, and please uh, rate us on yes. iTunes. Oh, yeah, Give us a rating. Throw, hey, you know what? I'm going to throw out there. We've never done this before. I don't fucking know why. I like two movie with the number two at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, Drop us a line. Email. email us. I have that link to my phone. Yeah, me too. Oh. And we never get anything on it. So please, oh, yeah. t- uh, drop us a line. If you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on... Uh, just email us. Tell us a movie you want us to talk about. Tell us something you loved that we already did talk about. Give us a list to throw down. What the fuck ever. We want to hear from you. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. You can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. That's with an F. Uh, I'm on letterboxd.com slash Philadelphia, also with an F. And uh, come see my, uh, if you're in Philadelphia, I do an open mic every Tuesday night at Medusa Lounge. Come check us out. I'm on Twitter at Dan Scully. Easy. <laughs> it's my name across the board, guys, on Facebook. On motherfucking Letterboxd. And you should log on to Cinedelphia.com. Uh, we're actually working with them as part of the Cinedelphia Film Festival, you, you. which starts on April 7th, and it is at Philomoca, the kind folks who uh, host our show. So, really great programming this year, too. Yeah, it's going to be cool. There's actually, you know what, I'm going to throw this out there. I really want to try and make it out to the Beaver Trilogy. The, uh, oh, it's it's got Crispin Glover, ah. and it's, uh, it's going to be very weird, and I think the director is going to be in attendance. Ooh. So come check that out. Awesome. Uh, I think that'll do it, right? Do you want to throw any sort of recommendation? Oh, fuck. Uh, I do. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Oh, I think I will throw this down because I don't think we talked about this last time we were here. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Go see oh, it in yeah. theaters while it's still in theaters. That would have been my recommendation if uh, if you didn't say it. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw it out there. You can do this literally right now. You can stop this. You can bounce over to Netflix and you can watch uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Oh, fuck yeah. It's so good. Yes, we it's both like the highly recommend ever. that. Yeah. It's uh, incredible. And uh, he's in Batman Returns. We, we didn't yes. mention that. He yes. is. Okay. No lines, I don't think, actually. No lines. He just yeah. drinks a martini and looks at his wife and yep. disapproves of his penguin morph child. That's eating but, cats. Uh, he also does play the penguin's dad in Gotham. So Which there you go. Cic- yeah. Cyclical. Pretty cool. Uh, so yeah. Um, yeah, Pee-wee's Big Holiday and 10 Cloverfield Lane are our recommendations for the week. And I think we both highly recommend both of them. And not just because we're high. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Come see the 420 extravaganza. Uh, all right, let's close this thing out. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Batman. <laughs> no, my name is not Batman. I am not at all. I'm not even remotely Batman-like. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because, because we, we like, like to movie. movie. <laughs>